Hi, and welcome to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast. I'm your host, Christian Roy, and this is the place to be to get unstuck, unleash your superpowers, and create a world that works for all. On this podcast, we speak to Mavericks who inspire us to get the insight and wisdom from their story to help you get the clarity, courage, and conviction that you need to make your mark on the world. This week's guest is Chris Chamberlain, the General Manager of Effect Partners. For 20 years, Chris worked in marketing and communication agencies, supporting environmental causes. However, in May 2017, he went through a huge life pivot when he left his mainstream career to become u Sustainability Manager for the Joshua Tree 30th Anniversary World Tour. In this interview, we hear the story of a real-life maverick following his purpose and his passion and making it his work in the world. Chris tells us of the huge rewards of doing this, as well as the many challenges that inevitably come up from making the leap and leaving behind an established career. So with that, let's get to it. So hi Mavericks, Chris here with yet another podcast in our Unleashing Superpowers series. And I'm really pleased to welcome our good friend Chris Chamberlain of Effect Partners with us. So hi Chris, how are you today? Hey Chris, I'm doing fantastic buddy, how are you? Yeah, really well, really well. After all of our uh, attempts to connect around the world and all that, we got got here in the same place at the same time, so that's great. Um, so, Chris, obviously, we we we've spoken before, but you know, obviously, no one out there has heard. So, why don't you tell tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you're up to in the world? Yeah, you bet. So, I have spent the last so couple of decades as a uh, agency guy, uh, mostly in in the public relations and marketing arena. Uh, my core passion for a long time and an area of subject matter expertise has been uh, in the sustainability department. And uh, while I hate the word sustainability, let me just uh, give a little bit more definition. I'm a, a oh. diehard. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm passionate about the environment. I think climate change is the most pressing issue facing humanity today. Uh, and I've worked really hard in all aspects uh, around that issue and the multitude of ways that impacts uh, people around the world. Uh, helping steer corporations, brands, marketers uh, to try to figure out how they can not only uh, reorient their business operations uh, to be less impactful around the environment, but more importantly, how to take what is often a very complex uh, and jargon-filled subject matter and really resonate with everyday people so that they understand uh, how and how their businesses impact the environment, how they can work together to lighten the load, and how we can all uh, do a little bit better uh, to uh, make our uh, humanity survive the next uh, couple of decades. That would be quite a useful thing to do, wouldn't it? Let's face it. <laughs> yeah, sure would. <laughs> no, nothing less than saving the planet. That's all. That's, that's all. Well, I, I mean, look, let, let's face it. It's a reality, right? And I think, you know, what I love love there that you've just said is, as you say, this is a whole issue that's filled with jargon. I think a lot of people out there feel very powerless because they sort of don't know what to do or there's too much to do or that kind of thing and it's one of those subjects that's kind of loaded with i don't know with with, with all sorts of mine um, land landmines i guess so so what are you so with a, i mean you're with effect partners now i mean we spoke to mike martin the the, the founder yes. a couple of years ago actually so you've you've kind of done this this journey from agency in into more of uh, the suffering climate change. So what are you up to now? What does, what does that look like for you right now? 
Yeah, you know, I, I, interesting. So just kind of bridge back to what you just mentioned there. You know, anybody that has worked uh, really hard in environmental issues, climate change, sustainability, uh, you know, it can be a very uh, frustrating, very depressing at times uh, a subject matter and profession to be a part of. Um, there's a lot of big issues that need a lot of big solutions. And it is get uh, it is hard to kind of break through the noise and nonsense that is filled uh, around uh, a lot of these topics. Um, I like, I think a lot of folks that work in this space hit a, a rather big kind of obstacle of several years ago, I, I, I kind of threw up my hands and, and just gave up. Uh, so oh. I, I kind of reverted back into uh, more of a traditional marketing role and, and, and really kind of still in that in that field. But I, I really kind of backed off working on climate and sustainability issues because I just wasn't really seeing the type of progress that I thought uh, really uh, was needed uh, to to uh, move the needle forward, if you will. Uh, so that led me to a major life moment just about uh, May of last year. I can't believe it's been less than a year uh, wow. where I <laughs> where I uh, through a se- sequence of events, I, I uh, broke away from the agency I'd been working with at the time, kind of found myself in one of those life moments of, you know, uh, here in my mid 40s, one of my what am I here to do? What's my next chapter? Where do I go from here? And I really reconnected with this deep desire to uh, get back in the fight uh, and uh, really focus on environmental issues uh, full time and, and start to align uh, my profession with my uh, my personal desires and reached out to my longtime buddy, Mike Martin. He and I had been long talking about writing a book together. And uh, since I was uh, newly unemployed, if you will, I, I let him know I had plenty of time to write, uh, write that book. Uh, as luck would have it, he was in need of a, a partner to take on uh, what uh, is still a job I think is uh, rather silly even to say, but um, what turned out to be a dream job for me for the summer, which was to travel the world with Bono and the crew uh, with you two and be the sustainability director for the Joshua Tree Tour, wow. uh, which uh, took me which took me uh, around the world and, and, and back again and, uh, and got to, you know, a, a kind of not only uh, hustle behind the scenes with recycling bins and water refill stations, but more importantly, I just got to be around, you know, uh, you know 60, 70,000 people a night. Um, from Rome to Cleveland, Ohio, and, you know, just saw so much energy and passion and interest in, you know, uh, re- and really working together on, you know, small and big things on, on, on climate and sustainability. So it was just a, a major reignition uh, switch for my soul. Uh, and uh, that uh, concluded, that tour concluded back uh, this fall. And Mike and I decided we were having so much fun together. It was time to go into business together full time. So as of uh, literally uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, uh, I am now uh, on board as the general manager working side by side with Mike to take our mission further. Wicked. I love that. I love that. And, and, and Chris, there are, there are so many things that I, that I want to pick up on. So I'm going to try, try and sort of do them in a sequence, as it were. So the, the, the first thing I really want to pick up on, um, there's such a lot of richness here, is you were talking about, like, as you say, being in the 40s, like last May, you had this, you know, this pivot moment, as it were, um, which I think, you know, a lot of us in our 40s have of, you know, what am I doing? There's got to be more to life. You know, I had these ideals, but I'm kind of stuck in this kind of mainstream life as it were. But I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of people know a lot of our listeners will resonate with this. There comes that moment, doesn't there, of am I going to do something or not? 
So in that moment, what was it that enabled you to essentially, I don't know, step off the precipice or take flight <laughs> or, you know, whatever that is? Because I think different people have different metaphors for that moment. But what was it enabled you personally to pivot and start really following this kind of sense of purpose and passion? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, first and foremost, a, a, a partner for life and, a, a, and my wife who really encouraged me to uh, get off my butt and, and, and get back into what I was really supposed to do and, and really care a lot about. Uh, so that I, I credit where it's due, she, she really was a huge motivating force for me. You know, when I, when I really sat down in that in that moment where I had a, you know, suddenly an open field to determine kind of what my next move was going to be. Uh, you know, I, I kind of did one of those classic risk reward charts, you know, um, mm. what, what, what was the highest risk, highest reward path that I felt uh, I could go on. And, and uh, again, thanks to uh, my, my partner uh, and a lot of kind of soul searching, I just felt, if not now, when uh, to take mm. on that top, <laughs> to take on that top box and go after uh, the highest, highest risk, highest reward option that was on my chart, and uh, it just so happens, and, and this is a true story. That was uh, the, the, literally the name Mike Martin was <laughs> listed at the top of that chart, and uh, <laughs> you know, off I went, off I went. I literally, uh, you know, called him, uh, you know, within a few hours or, or so. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, that sent him a note about this, you know, writing this book. And it's you know, literally just one of those crazy, too crazy to be true type of stories where he was, uh, suddenly in need for, for, for somebody to join the, uh, U2 tour. And uh, I just happened to reach out right at that same time. So, wow. uh, it, it kind of was, uh, it was kind of, you know, it was just one of those moments that, uh, it was just kind of meant to be, and it felt like it was meant to be, even if I didn't really know where it was going to lead, uh, in the end, um, and and frankly, I, I I've been riding that wave ever since, and and have no interest in looking back. So so here here you are, gone from kind of agency guy of twenty or so years, kind of even though as you say you were working in kind of the area of ecology, sustainability, climate change, kind of before. But let's face it, as as, as kind of you know mainstream business people, it can be you know, we can be very scheduled, can't we? Or, you know, there are certain expectations. And then suddenly you're in this moment of, hey, this is meant to be, I'm riding this wave. So how, yeah. how have you kind of managed that shift, as it were, from, you know, reg regular mainstream kind of agency guy, as it were, to yeah. man following his passion and, you know, doing, doing what, you, what, you want, what you're driven to do in the world? Yeah, you know, it's. I, I wish I had like a magic formula. It's, you know, it, it's interest, been interesting. It's. Uh, I've just gotten into this flow where, as long as it feels good, I'm just going to keep going and and not stop long enough to figure out, you know, why does it feel good and 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 uh, and let myself get bogged too much down in the rationale. You know, I think for me, and I, I know a lot of my mates uh, in various in various professions and, and career tracks. Um, you know, I, I stayed in a very comfortable place for a very long time and, mm. and didn't really feel the confidence or, or even the, uh, I don't know what it is, the freedom maybe to, to kind of put myself outside of a comfort zone. And, you know, I think once I allowed myself to do that, um, and saw the rewards, 
and, and a lot of those rewards, frankly, were just kind of mental rewards, you know, feeling really mm. energized by the work that I was doing, uh, feeling challenged uh, creatively, feeling empowered uh, with autonomy and, and, you know, a really clear and crystal clear sense of purpose. And I think uh, I, I really hadn't felt that. Uh, I was very proud of the work I was doing for a long time. Never really felt, felt that kind of mixture uh, on an everyday basis. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's really what has been kind of the motivating force is, is just it feels, you know, the, the energy feels just rich and, and clear. And uh, it's, 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 been quite, uh, it's been quite a run. Love that. Absolutely love that. And what I, what I, what I love is, uh, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong around this kind of track of events, but it sounds like, you know, sometimes when, we're, when we have these moments, it's because we're presented with an opportunity and uh, the choice is between our current life and the opportunity that stands in front of us. But with, with you, it sounds like you had to um, make the decision that you're going to make a change first and then the opportunity in this case with Mike and with you too kind of came almost yeah. the moment you made the decision, but you had to make the decision first. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, you know, it, absolutely. I was sort of certainly forced in, into that moment. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, you know, I, the, the sequence of events that led, led up to that was, you know, really, uh, I was in a pretty down moment. Uh, I'd spent you know, a better part of a decade with, uh, with the agency I'd been working on. Uh, working with and uh you know it was a very mutual you know agreement that it was time to uh for us to to, to split uh, you know i had actually come to asia uh for my first expat assignment uh, out here in hong kong um and and had you know, suddenly within a period of a couple months you know uh was staring at the prospect of uh having to go home having to go back to the states uh and uh having to go back without uh, an employer without a job, you know, wow. jobless in Asia wow. uh, was not the plan. <laughs> was not the plan. Uh, so, sure. you know, you know, when you're staring out uh, over Victoria Harbor in a, in a strange land, um, you know, trying to like, you know, put, wrap your head around, how did I get here? And, and, and where are we going now? And how did it become so quick and sudden that we didn't have this, you know, uh, safety blanket around us that we had had, for so long, um, you know, it really kind of obviously forced me into, all right, you know, either I can sit here and feel sad for myself uh, or I can just kind of do what I've always done, which is, you know, just go find the next agency gig and, and get on with it. Or I can, you know, again, you know, be really intentional and and craft and I, you know, a clear sense of a purpose driven strategy that is going to just, I'm just going to follow. And uh, that's, that's what I decided to do. And, and again, it's just been such an enriching, challenging, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, incredibly grateful for, for all of, you know, all that's happened since then. It's just been a great uh, lesson for me on being very intentional in my life being, and, and again, very, very clearly purpose driven. Mm, mm. So let, let's let's track forward a little bit from from the moment of that that decision to you know I mean uh, there aren't many people who can say you know they're the the first the first gig <laughs> that they do after they make a, a pivot moment is oh I'm just going to go traveling around the world with you too uh, <laughs> yeah so what what, what what was that like I mean it was the 20th anniversary of the Joshua Tree right. 
Uh, I'm gonna age you a little bit, buddy. Actually, it was the 30th anniversary. 30th. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. There's there's me trying to you know I'm hanging on to youth as it were. So 30th. Yeah. Um. So what was that like? Yeah, it was crazy. You know, uh, you know this. You know, we all love music. We all have our our bands. We all have our records that are are definitive for us. Um and. Uh, you know this this album and this band for me is is near near the top of my list and uh, I probably would only have taken a job like this with about you know three other bands and and, and you two is one of them. The uh, you know uh, it it sounds um, you know I think for a lot of people when I you know share the story they just you know uh, they're just amazed by it and, and of course it's all the cliches of rock and roll lifestyle are, are kind of there right but. <laughs> you know, it was it was it, you know what was so invigorating and I other than getting to see you know all of my favorite music you know four times a week, um, what was so invigorating for it that I didn't really even know that I needed in my life was you know I went from you know hammering out powerpoints and and decks and you know conference rooms and and, and big important meetings to you know literally pushing cases as a roadie and. You know, cleaning trash bins and picking recyclables up, and uh, you know, trying to figure out how to you know hook a hook a water station up um, in you know random stadiums around the world. You know, it was a it was a very much a you know get on the ground and get dirty kind of moment for me. And right. uh, again, again, just what a what a wonderful kind of break uh, uh, mentally, physically, uh, and, and that you know that was a huge. You know, just a huge memorable part of it. Uh, I think the other, you know, highlight, honestly, I mentioned earlier, is, is you know, this, this is just a tough part, uh, tough point in the world. You know, no matter where you are, there's a lot of reasons to be kind of down. Whether you want to be frustrated about climate or, you know, just kind of disturbed about, uh, you know, race, uh, sexual harassment, politics, wh- whatever it may be. Um, you know, you stand in a stadium filled with 50, 60, 70,000 people, you know, in Europe and throughout the States, all around, uh, all around the world. There's so much joy out there. There's so much happiness. Uh, there's just, uh, I, I think I needed that, <laughs> you know, I, and, and I wish I could gift, I wish I could gift that to, to a lot of people just to kind of feel better about uh, where we're at uh, in, in, from a humanity standpoint. Uh, I, right. I just had some really memorable moments of, 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 of interactions with complete strangers that, uh, you know, will stick with me forever. So looking, looking back then, what, I mean, you know, looking back at that, what was the, the highlight of the moment that, you know, if, if, if you could like almost capture one, one moment from that, what would it be? From the tour experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, there's one story that, uh, that I'll, I'll try to give a, a shortened version of it. You know, it's, uh, it, there's, we were doing some, some work uh, with fans before the shows. Uh, you know, not, nothing too complicated, just a little chat about the environment, what we were doing behind the scenes to lighten the environmental load, having a, you know, some fun and some giveaways and, and that kind of stuff. Pretty pro forma for your average concert. And I had a I had a little boy, a ten, twelve uh, year old boy, come up to our booth, and he had a U two shirt on, and he was clearly, you know, just a big fan, and he was also very clearly nervous. Um, and so I just started talking with him, kind of loosening him up a little bit, and his mom was kind of pushing him to, 
to talk to me. And uh, and he slowly pulled out his wallet and took out this piece of paper uh, that was a letter from the edge. Wow. um, And this letter was was, very personal and it was was very congratulatory to this young boy for all he had done to uh, raise some money for a local uh, charity using the power of music. And and the, the last line of this letter said, I hope I get to meet you someday. Uh, and this kid kind of very sheepishly kind of gave me the, the you know, the, the letters that, you know, I, I don't I don't know if this is possible, but, you know, I thought I'd ask. And, you know, oh, for anybody wow. that's wor- anybody that's anybody that's worked in, you know, in the concert space or as a roadie, you know, we don't necessarily have that kind of access. Right. So it's, right, it's right. not like we can just get, go down and walk into the wardrobe and say, like, hey, Edge, I found this kid upstairs. He'd love to meet you. It's not really how it works. Um, but nonetheless, I, I had some, I had some recycled guitar strings down in my kit, um, that I thought, you know, would be a nice gift for the, for the kids. So I, you know, went down there and I happened to run into the security guard, um, for the band and showed him this letter and said, you know, this kid's amazing. I, I just thought I'd show you the letter. And sure enough, man, uh, within the hour that kid was in the dressing room getting a photo with the, with, with the edge and got VIP no. ticket upgrades. And, um, he came back and found me, uh, during the intermission, just, you know, bawling his eyes out. His mom and dad were just, you know, just incredibly grateful. Um, what, what I mean, that, that alone was amazing. And everybody on the crew, yeah. you know, a lot of people on the crew heard that story and just were, were really touched by it. Uh, what, what was even more profound was, uh, three shows later, uh, I actually saw them again. Um, and they had texted me and they said, Hey, we'd love to give you something. And so I found them and, and, and again, very grateful, uh, very emotional kind of reunion. And so they handed me this letter and, you know, this kid had uh, suffered from a, a, a medical issue growing up and the letter explained how the parents had used the, the only thing this kid responded to when he was a, when he was a baby and a toddler through his therapy was, was music in particular Actong baby. Uh, another huh? infamous U2 album. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. literally, you know, literally U2, they, per the letter, you know, U2 changed this kid's life. And and that moment of getting him to meet the edge was like, you know, that was meeting Superman for him. Um, and wow. so, you know, again, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of ways marketers and PR guys, you know, we sit in rooms and, and, and plaster up these ideas about these, you know, crazy campaigns we're going to run for whatever uh, uh, initiative, you know, you couldn't capture gold like that if you tried, um, no, you know, right. and, and I, and again, it, it, you know, had we not been out there, it, you know, talking about the environment and just having some fun, you know, that kid doesn't have an opportunity to, to meet a Superman and, you know, that, that's going to stick with me for, for a very long time. And, uh, and uh, it's going to keep me going here. So, yeah, that's, definitely the highlight for sure. That's an amazing, amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. What an incredible story. Wow. So that was that was the, the tour that and you say that ended in fall yeah. last year. So here we are in February 2018. What's kind yes. of been you you've kind of joined up with forces with Mike Martin and all that. What what's sort of been happening kind of since the end of the tour and kind of where where do you see the the next kind of few steps kind of going as it were yeah so you know a fact in, in, you know what mike did, what mike has built and now i'm i'm very happy to be a part of is you know it's all about 
the intersection of culture and impact. So we we are using uh, we're we're very passionate about uh, uh, creating opportunities for progressive change uh, that uh, combine the power of music, art, and culture in a way that kind of motivates people to take action. And uh, you know, we we work very extensively within the music business. Obviously, uh, we've got some uh, YouTube. Believe it or not, going back out on tour. Uh, this spring, I, I won't be the roadie this time around going out <laughs> with them, but uh, we do have, we do have some exciting things going on. We've actually just, uh, through the Joshua tree, um, in a partnership with the band and live nation, uh, literally just started a, a new startup that is, uh, designed to, uh, go after one of the, uh, uglier sides of the live event music business, which is the, uh, 50 million or so plastic cups, single use plastic cups that get thrown on stadium floors and festival grounds around the world every year. So we've got a a whole new, whole new business model um, that we just launched last month uh, and have signed on, signed on a couple bands that are, are are, uh, pretty going to uh, help us out with that. And that's uh, very exciting. Uh, We've also uh, uh, just had some, just an amazing new client that we've kicked off in the last few months. Uh, another one that's truly transformed my life, actually, uh, we're very uh, deeply entrenched in the uh, exploding vegan and plant-based movement right now. Uh, right. So we're doing some uh, some great new uh, movement campaigns uh, with uh, some of the folks that are leading some of the innovation around uh, plant-based uh, diets and, and getting more people uh, to, to get on the kind of the healthier diet. Uh, uh, healthier uh, diet and lifestyle that comes with uh, a, a non-meat and dairy uh, consumption. Uh, so that's very exciting as well. So, you know, we're all about, um, you know, just doing what we can, man, to to, to promote really sound, smart, innovative uh, ways to reorient our lifestyles that, uh, you know, doesn't destruct the planet and uh, trying to have a, a heck of a lot of fun doing it. Hey, you gotta love that. If you can combine fun with with impact and kind of effect, then that's the golden formula, right? It, it is indeed. Fantastic. So, so this 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 is all great, and I think you know what what I love about your story, Chris, is there's you, this you're a real kind of life example of someone who is, you know, we we hear you know we've heard for years, you know, follow your passion and all that kind of stuff, and you know sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but here you are doing it and making, you know, making, and I love the sound of the, the startup because let's face it, the, the, um, the effects of plastic is very topical right now. So, yes. um, so, I mean, can we, can we dive into that a little bit and see, uh, you know, see what kind of stuff you're, you're doing sure. around that? So what, what, so what, what's the idea, as you say, fit, mi- you know, millions of cups. Um, yes. So, so for your so for your listeners that are in the in the UK and Europe, um, this is actually an idea that is, is already in play, also in play in some festivals in the US. But uh, it's real simple. It's a refillable cup program. We work with artists to um, license cups uh, that uh, uh, fans can buy when they arrive on a site, uh, whether that's a stadium show or a festival. Um, it's branded with that tour logo, so say the Joshua Tree logo. Um, you pay a couple bucks for the cup. Um, you use that cup throughout the night. You can refill it, you know, get as many beers as you want. And then either you can take the cup home or you can give it back and we'll give you your money back. So instead of, you know, if you're going to drink three or four beers or whatnot at a show and, and have to get a, a you know, a new cup every time, um, this kind of gets those single use plastics totally out of the way. 
And, um, and if you choose it, it gives you a little nostalgic kind of souvenir item. Uh, what's super cool about, you know, where we're, what we're doing with it, um, is we're working with some great new bio, uh, resin, uh, uh, manufacturers. So, uh, our cups this year that we'll be putting on tour are actually made from tapioca and cornstarch and a couple other, uh, blends, total fossil free, fossil oh. fuel free. Yep. Uh, so we're, you know, this is a, just a whole new uh, way to, to, to kind of disrupt that plastic supply chain that just gets funneled into these massive stadiums and event sites. Um, and ultimately, frankly, you know, where we're going with it is, you know, uh, ultimately what we'd love to be able to pull off is, uh, you know, regenerative plastics for live events. So, you know, your plastic, uh, your plastic cups and utensils and anything else on site there that can be recycled gets turned into, you know, next year's concert T-shirts or, you know, event banner. Uh, you know, again, just trying to get into that uh, reusable, regenerative uh, uh, space and, and bring that kind of supply chain, uh, bring those solutions into that supply chain uh, that goes on for those uh, large scale events around the world. Wow. Wow. That would be amazing. And, and what I love about that is it's like you're taking the friction out of the process. As, as we said earlier, I think sometimes people kind of think, well, I'd like to do something, but I don't know what to do or it's, you know. As sad as it sounds, it's almost too much effort. But you're kind of almost reducing the friction to allow people to participate. Yeah, you know, you know, again, you know, make it fun, make it provocative, make it easy, make it memorable. You know, you know, this is, uh, you know, these are the things that you know. I think a lot of times we forget, um, and, and sometimes, particularly within the more activist ends of either the environmental or even vegan communities, you know, um, it, it's great when you're passionate and you're already there. But um, sometimes you gotta you know, take a step back and, and bring the masses along with you. And, you know, uh, that that's not going to be done by just scholarly, uh, well-educated debates. It's going to be, you know, you got to be a little bit more creative. And, and, you know, ultimately, I think what we, as we're doing with the cups, we've got to find ways to just interrupt that supply chain, um, create new business models, uh, you know, really kind of uh, catalyze, you know, new entrepreneurs and new innovators. Um, and, you know, to me, that's, that's, that's the, that's the hope for for a more climate friendly uh, future. Wow! Wow! I, I I love that. So let let let's kind of bring this back to you, as it were. That was your journey. This is you, and I'm kind of just keen to kind of explore because you're definitely our classic de- definition of a, as a maverick, as it were. So um, you're up to lots of stuff in the world, lots of energy, lots of kind of stuff going on, and all that. Let let's kind of bring it down to what. What do you do kind of on a daily or on a regular practice to kind of keep you kind of focused and motivated, but also keep your energy going? And what's your, I guess, what's your self-care as it were? <laughs> well, um, lately, not, not particularly good self-care, I would say, <laughs> uh, just because we've been on, again, uh, rocket ship rides. So uh, for anybody that has uh, worked uh, Asia uh, hours, uh, as it were, you know, uh, my day is uh, – Typically, really, really early morning start, really, really late night conference calls and uh, sneaking a little bit of fitness and, and or sleep in the middle of the day. Um, <laughs> and, and that tends to be the routine. Uh, you know, having, uh, you know, gone through uh, this journey and then also, you know, having this great new collaboration uh, with our partner in the, in the vegan space, I've actually gone. Uh, plant-based myself and my diet. So I'm actually uh, really, really energized by exploring, you know, a whole new way to think about food in my life, uh, which I honestly hadn't necessarily given a lot of 
priority to other than, you know, loving great, you know, loving great food and going out to great restaurants, but, yeah, yeah. you know, really thinking, really thinking about the, uh, you know, the things that are going into your body and, and looking at, you know, new, new recipes and new ways to just think about food consumption has just been uh, a really new, fascinating kind of part uh, of my routine in my life. Um, you know, other than that, you know, just trying to stay inspired and, 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 you know, looking at untraditional, uh, you know, untraditional vehicles. I mean, it's just kind of, you can, you can become a policy wonk a, a lot in, in these spaces and, uh, yeah. you know, trying to step out of that and look at what's going on in the artistic community. Uh, you know, who's, who's out there that's really like breaking new ground, whether it's in the visual arts, uh, the graphic design field, uh, cinema and theater and, and, and literary, um, and just trying to keep myself, uh, you know, as creatively inspired as I can across the board. Mm, mm, great. Well, I mean, on, on that note then, I mean, who, I mean, you're clearly a clearly guy with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, but who, who does creatively inspire you? You're in that space of like art and culture meeting with impact. So who, who are the, the inspirations for you? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's funny. I, I think I remember you asking me this question back when we talked a few months ago, and I, I, I gave you a, a, a different answer. I, I'm, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm now, uh, as, as as part of this transformation with Mike and this partnership with Mike, uh, I'm actually, we're in the process of moving out of Hong Kong and returning to the States, and um, this will be breaking news for most of my friends and family that listen to this because we haven't told anybody yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we will be moving back to this spring. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm actually, you know, instead of looking at, you know, really top tier, the usual kind of suspects, you know, the innovators like Elon Musk and, um, you know, the folks that are, you know, just doing amazing work within the uh, the food movement, uh, I'm really going local. You know, I'm really trying to reconnect with, you know, students that are coming out of design schools and, and um uh, you know, staying attuned to like emerging photographers and, you know, uh, up and coming musicians that are just getting started. Um, uh, you know, so I'm really trying to uh, tap into that spirit a little bit more, just on the energy of really uh, eye opening. So there's just a, a whole new roster of folks that have been introduced to in my life out of uh, Minneapolis, which is where we're, we're going to be moving to. Um, right. And uh, yeah. So, um, so, so you're moving back just after the big chill, as it were, then by the sounds of it. Uh, just after what I hope to be another Super Bowl victory for my beloved New England Patriots, yes. Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different topic for a different interview. I think. Yeah, right. Different <laughs> podcast. Different podcast. Yeah. I, I love that. So, if so, so just because I lo- I love specifics as it were. So, if you were able to give a shout out to one of the the, the new generation of kind of artists, design students, whatever that's really inspired you. Who would you give a shout out to? Yeah, you know, musically, um, we we just did an amazing project with a band called Magic Giant, uh, kind of an up and coming uh, band that uh, kind of hit a little bit of the radar last year. Um, great program we just did with a, with a client, uh, Cliff Bar, um, where they they did a uh, they did a, a surprise concert on a tram, uh, a, a ski gondola, in in, uh, in park in a at uh, Snowbird in in Utah. Uh, a lot of fun, really, pass- really, really passionate about uh, climate and sustainability, but also just a super fun, uh, super fun band. Um, and then, um, you know, David Young uh, out here in Asia um, on, in the food space, 
uh, I wouldn't say necessarily he's, uh, you know, unknown or up and coming. He's pretty well established, but um, what he's doing to completely reorient the food supply chain uh, through the, uh, through the Green Mondays organization and Green Common, uh, bringing Beyond Burger and, and a lot of other plant-based uh, proteins uh, into the heart of, you know, let's be honest, um, you know, Peking duck country out here in Hong Kong, in Canton. Um, pretty provocative, pretty amazing. Uh, so there's two ends of the spectrum for you. Awesome. That, that, that's amazing. Uh, and I'll make sure that we, uh, we include the links in the show notes for, for those as well. So let, let, let's kind of come back to kind of some of the stuff that's kind of brought you here, as it were. So kind of looking back, you've had kind of this journey to where you are now. What's kind of, uh, what's kind of like the biggest obstacle maybe that you've faced since kind of moving into this space um, or kind of during your career and kind of how did you overcome it? Yeah, you know, I think the the biggest obstacle early on in this whole thing was was uh, in the in the course of this past year, you know, is uh, you know letting letting go of maybe some of the financial handcuffs. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, uh, you know, going on out on the road with you two, amazing, provocative, uh, life changing. Uh, didn't make anywhere near what I was making back in my you know, comfy corporate agency gig. Right? right. So I think there's a lot of ways, a lot of ways that you, you know, uh, you start entering kind of a purpose paced, a purposeful path and, you know, your financial calculus changes in your life. Um, you know, maybe you're making a lot less money or maybe your, your, your money flows in a different way, or, you know, it can be very disruptive. And I think there's a huge fear factor that comes with that. Certainly was for me for a very long time. Mm. Um, you know, Oh my God, how, how am I going to survive if I, you know, if I'm not just making X dollar or getting X increase year on year, um, you know, we all are motivated by money at some degree. But I, I think once you're able to break free of just being so handcuffed by your current compensation and, and willing to jump in and take that risk and just figure it out, you know, you suddenly realize that the world doesn't end. You can re, you know, restructure your life very quickly and, um, and, and realize a different sense of happiness that you probably even realized was, was possible. Uh, I think, um, you know, that was, that's probably been the biggest, biggest challenge. Honestly, now the, the biggest challenge other than that, that, I, that I've had is just, uh, you know, trying to find a little bit of balance in my, uh, in my fitness and my sleep. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really easy to work, uh, you know, work hard uh, all day long because I'm just loving what I'm doing and, uh, you know, I just uh, don't want to set it down. Um, so, uh, good problem to have, but uh, uh, at some point here, I should probably go for a run so I, uh, <laughs> I don't become a <laughs> marshmallow, but, you know, finding that, finding that balance would be good. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So... If we, again, looking back, so that, that's some great stuff that you, I mean, I think so many people who were listening will resonate with. But as you've kind of looked at this and kind of, you know, let's face it, we have influential figures along the way in our journey and all that kind of stuff. I'm kind of curious, what's the, what's the kind of best piece of advice you've been given along the way, as it were, that's kind of helped you along? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's necessarily... Um, advice as much as it is a, a philosophy. I, you know, I, soon after moving out here uh, to Hong Kong, he did quite a bit of work in, in Japan and was introduced to Ikigai, uh, uh-huh. which I believe Maverick, Mavericks maybe have, has already done a little 
We uh, love a bit of Vicky uh, guy. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, if, you, if for those that don't know it, get on it, look at it, study it, and believe it. Because if uh, you know, that's been my compass through this. Is is really? Uh, it's it's certainly been my my north star um, uh, through the course of this year, and it's it's led me to some pretty provocative and powerful places. So. I think that's been that's been the biggest advice. I, biggest advice I'd pass on is go find yourself some Ikigai. guy. So, so, and again, for those that don't know, I mean, we we do talk about a lot of Mavericks, but what what from your perspective is Ikigai? guy? What is, was it meant to you? What what is it? How do you live it on a daily basis? Kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's you know uh, paraphrasing it. I mean, I think it's you know conscious al- alignment. Um, you know, if you're consciously aligning your life, all facets of your life, your professional life, uh, your personal life, uh, your your spiritual or, or uh, faithful life, um, you know, if you're if you're consciously aligning all aspects of your life to what is truly your 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 deep passion and, and your purpose, um, you will uh, you will realize a sense of uh, uh, you know, fulfillment, happiness, joy, um, uh, stability, uh, and, and, and again, just, you know, just, a, a different level, I think of just awareness and grounding. Um, so I think probably too long of a def- paraphrase for Ikigai, but I, I again, I think oh, I conscious alignment is what I, uh, what I always go back to. I, I love that. Absolutely love that. So, so from that point of view, if that's the philosophy you've taken on, if if we had a a maverick just starting out on their journey, whether they're kind of a you know a younger person or someone who's at one of those pivot moments, maybe slightly later on in life, what what wisdom would you give them starting out? Yeah, you know, I think the the as again it's old school but it's you know get out that four quadrant grid you know what's low risk low reward what's high risk high reward what's in that top right box and and it, whatever is in there is is going to be the answer for you so you know it, it follow that uh, follow that aggressively uh, you know it, it's funny when i look back at on that myself doing that, that exercise and i I uh, kind of go through that motion again in my head, you know, when I sat down, that felt like high risk to me uh, because of all of the trappings, right? All the things I was shackled by, it felt like that was a huge risk for me. You know, looking back now, having, you know, poured myself into that path, my entire definition of what risk is, is completely changed. So even when you're sitting there and you're kind of trying to figure out, okay, how, how do I kind of take that pivot and how do I, you know, where do I go next and how do I even begin? You know, yes, I would say start out with that kind of uh, that map, you know, what's in that top right box. But know that even that even though that may seem like daunting risk at the time, you know, within within no time at all, that's going to seem like nothing. Um, So push yourself, you know, push push even bigger on the risk curve. Uh, You know, it's, it's a big forgiving world full of people that want to support you and uh, and, and when you kind of leap out and, and you just go for it, you're going to find, uh, you're going to find a lot of people that are there to, to, to guide you. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it's okay, right. To take that big leap. <laughs> well, and, uh, kind of what I almost hear there. And I think, uh, you know, a narrative that I think I've heard through your story is it's, as you say, you can sort of map it out at the beginning of what you think it is, 
but that's just literally the first step or the first chapter, right? It's almost your journey has definitely emerged with each step you've taken. And it sounds like it's quite different now to maybe where it, where you would envision last May, for example. Yeah, absolutely true. Absolutely true. So awesome awesome um so just just a couple of kind of last questions and these are always the i always leave the the big ones till last um as you may remember but let's kind of talk about legacy and kind of um what you'd like to see change in the world as it were and i I think we kind of already have a flavor of this but if there were no limitations in in the world if you could wave the magic wand and change change one thing about the world what would that be and what would be your first step towards it? I, you know, I, I think I gave you a different answer uh, back in, in London uh, uh, on, on this. And it's, it's going to be a repetition a little bit. You know, I, if I could wave one wand, I'd, I'd get everybody to uh, on a path on, on a plant-based diet. Um, again, I'm a big climate guy. That's what I think is the most pressing issue facing humanity today. Uh, you know, 51% of climate emissions are coming from our industrial agriculture um, and just the way that we are consuming uh, our food and sustaining ourselves. Uh, and we can solve that very easily. We can solve that uh, uh, and, and live healthier, stronger, longer lives, uh, which I think is what is a universal truth around the world. That's what we all want, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Healthier, stronger, longer, longer living life. So uh, again, I would, I would encourage you know, if it's you know, getting into the meatless Monday scene or, or, or starting out vegetarian or, or just eating one less egg a week, um, start the path. Um, it, it has a massive ripple effect. And I think uh, I, I'm just super excited by the amount of innovation and uh, entrepreneurial uh, just drive that is coming out of the food innovator space uh, in the plant-based movement. Uh, so that's, that's my one wand if there were one or two easy steps to ease someone's toe into the pool of, of plant-based eating, as it were, what, what would you recommend? Uh, so I, I would say, uh, you know, if you, if you want to get kind of wonky on it and, and kind of inspired as well by what's, what's happening, what's out there, there's a great new book uh, by Kathy Preston called Clean Protein uh, uh, that uh, would be kind of a recommended read uh, for one. But I also... Um, you know, for you, Krish, I would say go down to your local market uh, and find either a Beyond Burger or an Impossible Burger and bring it home and throw it on the grill and eat it. And I think your idea of what is coming and what is already here, frankly, in terms of uh, a, a new protein, new plant protein is going to change dramatically. Um, you know, once once you kind of get into kind of the plant-based um, and, and you start to kind of alleviate some of those fears about bland diet and choice and taste and convenience, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely reorienting. It's got to, you got to come up with some new tricks, but it's pretty quick. Um, what I think at least my journey has been, I've, I've, I've seen this countless other folks as well that I've talked to, um, within four or five days, you're going to be sharper. You're going to feel great. You're going to sleep better. Uh, you're going to be more mentally kind of acute. You're going to have higher degrees of energy. Um, so the kind of the physical benefits are so quick and rewarding that, um, you know, I, I, you'll, you'll get hooked uh, pretty quick. Cool. 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 And, and what I really, pre- I mean, those are some really specific things that I, or indeed anyone else can listen to this can go out and do and like start that journey as, as well. And I think you're right. The hook is pretty yeah. cool. 
So, okay. So let, let's come to the final question, which I, I think I stumped you with this one last time. So I'm giving you fair warning now. And this, oh, is, the, no. this is the question I ask every guest. And that is, um, what is the question that you haven't been asked during this, this conversation that you would have liked to have been asked? And, what, and how would you answer it? You did stump me on this question last time, and you've sort of stumped me again. <laughs> you know, I think, <laughs> uh, you know, I think the question, you know, particularly for cl- on on climate, uh, that that al- always comes up, is, or a lot of comes up a lot, is um, either one or two variations of it. Either it's um, it's why do you care so much uh, when you're only one person, right? So that's mm-hmm. one variation of it. Uh, so it kind of gets to where you just were a second ago, like I'm just one person. Why, you know, why, why bother? What kind of cha- real change really can I have on such a daunting and wide scaling issue? Um, and you know, other variations of that are, yeah, climate is one thing, but what about a, a, a litany of other? What about you know the refugee crisis? What about uh, you know what about the threat of uh, terrorism? What about you know a, a number of other really pressing issues that are on you know kind of the the global psyche, if you will. Uh, how could you possibly say climate is the most important issue facing humanity when all these other things are staring at us in the face? If there was one message you could give to people out there around that, exactly as you said, you know, I'm one person, what can I do kind of thing? What would, what yeah. would, that, what would that one thing be? Yeah, you know, I, uh, it took me a long time to get to this answer myself. Um, do it for yourself. You know, I mean, don't be, you know, I think uh, I, I swear I'm going to I'm going to start a, a, a little climate therapy group for for kind of sustainability folks that work really hard on these issues um, and get and get down and get depressed and frustrated. Um, we definitely need a support group <laughs> for each other. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, not to be selfish about it, but, you know, do it for yourself. You know, it, you, again, you know, you'll when you live your life the way that is aligned with uh, how you think about the world today. Uh, so if you live your life uh, with as little of an impact as possible, um, you know, trying to disrupt supply chains where you can trying to uh, trying to eat better, you know, on the, on the, on the, on the vegan side of things, um, you know, do it for yourself. When you do it for yourself and your energy goes up and you're inspired and you start talking to other people, that ripple effect happens. Um, and, and that's the best we can all do is, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, moving the masses will happen as a result of that. But if you get too kind of, you know, wound up in what it's going to take to move, uh, 8 billion people towards, uh, you know, a climate reality, um, you know, again, it can be pretty daunting, pretty frustrating, but, uh, just center, center in yourself and, uh, the rest will take care of itself. Awesome. And what a great message to, to end on. So, Thank you, Chris, for your time with us today. And I just, your whole story is, it's really inspiring from the point of view of, you know, someone who's just following their passion and surfing that wave, as it were. My pleasure, man. Always, always a, a treat to talk to you and, and support the Maverick community. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And thanks, Mavericks, for listening in on this interview. I hope you found some, some inspiration here. I know I certainly have. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Bye for now. Hey, listen up, don't go yet. Did you get something meaningful out of this episode? Well, the most meaningful thing that you can do right now is to go and leave a review on iTunes because those reviews are what keep us here. And please make sure to share and to subscribe to this podcast. 
finally, are you unleashing your superpowers? Well, if so, show us on Instagram with the hashtag MaverickSUnlimited and we'll see you over there. And with that, thanks so much for listening to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast at mavericksunlimited.com. Bye for now.